0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 578. Hello and welcome to the show. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Australia is paying some of the highest prices for home broadband, Only 1% of Australians are recycling their old mobile devices and Telstra has released new speed and latency optimizer packs on its network. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the 16-inch MacBook Pro with M3 Max. We also check out the Journey laptop sleeve that's also a portable workstation. And Panasonic has unveiled its new wearable gaming speaker. And we'll answer all of your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And also Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Home broadband, we've all got it. We all need it. And uh, in Australia, we have the National Broadband Network. Uh, but what we, what, uh, one of the things that uh, we, don't, we don't have is uh, more affordable pricing. Now, there has been a study conducted by Pocody, and what they did is they looked at the pricing of 364 internet service providers in 85 different countries, and they what they did is they did a a currency exchange so that they put everything into US dollars so that it were all sort of playing all level uh, valuations, and we found that Australia was paying on average now the most common the most common plan in the world is 100 megabits per second internet plan. And Australians are paying the third highest price in the world for 100 megabits per second. Uh, The price that is, on average, Australians pay $61.80 US dollars. That's in US dollars. So you're looking around 100, just under 100 bucks. The only countries above Australia, there were only two, would you believe, and this is in a list of 85 countries, Norway, 79.40 79.40 US is their 100 megabits per second plan. And Iceland only just beat, or it was only slightly cheaper, uh, slightly more expensive. Uh, it was $61.90. So uh, we were third on 61.80. But other other major nations, developed nations like the US, they rank sixth. So it's 50 US for their 100 megabits per second plan per month the UK was 13th, $46.30 US, Japan was 30th, so they're only paying $32.10 US for their 100 megabits per second plan. Now, as I mentioned, the 100 megabits per second plan is the most frequently offered speed around the world and is provided in 74 of the 85 countries Despite, though, this is another interesting thing, the average internet speed worldwide, 85 megabits per second. That's the average. Now, the lowest prices were for 100 megabits per second plans were found in Romania, $6.40 US. The Ukraine, $6.10. And Russia, $5.60 US. Don't know why... Um Eastern Europe is so cheap and Russia is so cheap. I think it's got something to do with the size of the country. I think that you, you think about the, a, a country the size of Australia, the, it's a major project to get connection to. Or, or I, know, I know we only live around sort of the, the coastal areas of the country, but it's still a, we still live in a very big country. The U.S. is similar size to us. The North America is similar size. I just think the sheer number of people there make, makes it more customers, makes it cheaper. But the other, the other, the other factor in Australia is the fact that it is a government asset that we that we're paying for, and so it's a government asset that's resold to us. So there needs to be some margin on that asset. So if, you're, if your NBN plan is on Telstra, Optus, Aussie Broadband, whoever it's through, they've still got to pay the piper. They've still got to pay the NBN for that service and then charge you a margin on top of that. That's their profit. So I think that's got something to do with it as well. If it was a do-your-best situation where each each company was had developed its own networks and were offering competitive pricing, then... We may be cheaper, We may be further down that list, but I think the fact that the NBN is the, our only choice for home fixed home broadband, then the, and and, the, and that they have to that, that providers have to pay for their the wholesale price, then put their margin to create the retail price for us. That's why I think it's slightly more expensive. Those other countries where it's much cheaper, I don't think they have a national broadband network that's run that's good that's government owned. So there is a bit more competition among the companies uh, for their internet services. But you know what? The news isn't all bad. The in the last four years, it has become cheaper to access one gigabit per second plans. So uh, in in the pricing has dropped by sixty two percent in the last four years. So at at the moment. The cheapest one gigabit per second plan is eighty one dollars ninety US, which which tr- which turns out to be a hundred and twenty nine uh, Australian dollars, which is actually Aussie Broadband. Aussie Broadband's gigabit per second, which I'm on that plan. Uh, that that is the cheapest gigabit per second plan, but prices dropped in the last four years by sixty two percent. So I think what that says to me is that if you w- if you're willing to pay. If you want to get faster speeds or I reckon better value, then it, it would actually pay to pay to, to add a few extra bucks to your plan and get a much faster speed. I know not everyone needs gigabit per second because you think about it. What do we do mostly with our internet? We browse the web. You, can, you don't need gigabit per second to do that. We stream in 4K. Streaming in 4K requires bandwidth, so, if you're on Netflix, any of these streaming platforms, 4K content, the app requires between 15 and 50, so 15 15 and 50 50 megabits per second to comfortably watch 4K streaming. Uh, so, the 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 hundred is the most common, as I mentioned. The next most common is 250 megabits per second, which costs. Around 76, 70 US dollars. That's on average. Uh, whereas the if you if you like if you look at if you look at eighty-one dollars ninety US dollars, according to this comparison, is the price we can pay for gigabit per second plans. So what we're paying for hundred megabits per second is sixty-one dollars eighty. So you add you add another, well, it's twenty dollars and you're getting 10 times the speed that, that you would get uh, on 100, and then you're getting up to a gigabit per second. Is it worth the extra 20 bucks? I don't know. Not everyone would agree. I I, I wanted that. I, I, uh, I My life is online. My, I run a website, so I need to have that sort of access. Not everyone's the same. But I think, look, the the, the, the beauty of the NBN is that we have choices. We, we're not stuck with an ISP. Back pre-NBN days... You were, you were limited to the company that had internet connection near you. Like years ago, my only choice for broadband was Optus because there was a big fat Optus cable running along the telegraph poles near my house. Other, others of you listening now may have had access to Telstra cable, which was also the Foxtel cable in, in your area. So your choice was Telstra. So that, that was pre-NBN. And now that there is NBN, we do have choices. If we if we think that those our prices are a bit high, then we can shop around. That, that's the beauty of it. We can we don't have to hang around. We can vote with our feet and try to find a more a better value plan. There's also, of course, the the, the telcos are offering 5G broadband, home broadband. So the NBN is fixed home broadband, but the telcos, Optus Telstra, Vodafone also have growing 5G networks that if you're in if you're in the area, if you've got 5G in your area, that's a choice. My brother has 5G Optus connection wasn't good a couple of weeks ago, but uh, that aside, he gets what 300, 400 megabits per second download speeds and uh, he's close to a 5g tower. so that, that's the reason why that works for him. But for others, I'm not in a 5g zone would you believe there's a big hole around my house on the network map I don't get 5g in the house I do get it actually I'll, I'll tell a lie it does appear sometimes on my Vodafone my, my Vodafone phone here and but I do speed tests and it's it's rubbish speed it's just 5g symbolic 5g I'm not getting quite the speed of 5g. But anyway, these are the stats. I'll put the full list of countries, would you believe. Uh, that is available to see internet pricing around the world. It's a big infographic that was kindly supplied by Picoti. Uh All the information uh, that, you, uh, that you need. Uh, if you want to check out, uh, there might be other countries you're interested in checking out their prices. You might want to see what it costs in Italy. You might want to see what it's like in Malaysia, in Hong Kong, Colombia. Where do they rank in the list? You can check that out for yourself if you want to take a look. Techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Now I know that we have our mobile phones. Uh, we don't keep them forever. We do hold on to them for a few years. But what do we do with the old ones? I know recent more recently. Customers have become savvy enough to know that, okay, I can trade this in for the new product, which is great. Creating that circular economy is great. Keeps devices in circulation. They're not in landfill. They've got another life. But are you one of these people who has a whole drawer full of old phones that you're never going to use? I know a lot of people think, oh, I might need this one day. And it's like a phone from 1998 or 2003 you might think, well, I might need this one day. But you're not going to need it, let's be honest. You are contributing to the rise, you could be contributing, I should say, in the rise of e-waste because there are some stats released by Vodafone that show that just 1% of Australian mobile customers are taking the trouble to recycle their old devices. Now, this is alarming news because there are, honest, on average, or, or an estimate is 22.3 million old smartphones rolling around in drawers and cupboards around the country. Now, the problem with that is that there may be a lot of people tempted to think, oh, I'm just going to chuck this in the bin. And because there are, the, you might not be able to get that device repaired, you may think, I don't know, some people think, oh, there might be some value to this. I don't know. It might become a collector's item newsflash, it's not. You can recycle it. Unless you've got a working smartphone that's a few years old, that's the only thing of value. If you want to trade that in, you might get a hundred bucks or 200, depending on how old it is. If you've got a two-year-old phone, that still could be worth several hundred dollars. But if you've got an eight-year-old smartphone in your drawer and you might get $20 on a trade-in, if that, the the company where you take it may say that's worth nothing We'll take it off your hands and recycle it. So I think you should be thinking along those lines. If the device in your drawer is older than five or six years old, then I think it's time to make the decision to recycle those devices. Because the 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 most growing, the fastest growing type of waste in Australia is e-waste. We are we're massive tech fans, and when a product is at the end of its life cycle there's the temptation. Well, not the temptation, but we do it. People just chuck them out. They put them in the bin and these these end up in landfill. Now, you've heard no doubt of Mobile Muster. They're a non, not-for-profit recycling program. So it costs you nothing to take your phone to be recycled or, any, or your other mobile devices to be recycled. Now, There are, I think, a couple of factors maybe against you deciding to take your device. One, you're worried, oh, my data, someone might get my data. They're not. Mobile Muster actually wipes, completely wipes the device, but also they take it apart. So to recycle it, 89% of the material in a phone on average is what they recycle. So they're going to strip the hell out of your phone. No way in the world are people going to be able to access your data cuz they strip it any they 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 wipe it anyway, but you did that yourself. You do that too. Or you might not, you know what, in some cases you might not have the charger for these old phones and you're worried, "Oh, what's going to happen?" Well, they're going to destroy it is what they're going to do. They're not going to just plug it in and then secretly download your text messages and your SIM card, you know, your contacts. They're not going to do that. No way in the world. They're going to destroy it they're going to destroy it in the process of recycling it. So in the process of recycling it they're going to take it apart and it's not going to exist as a as a mobile phone anymore. They're going to take all the stuff and and diff- all the different metals and all the different plastics are going to be repurposed. So if you're worried that someone's going to get your data, don't worry, they're not they're going to they're going to it's going to be destroyed. And the other factor is you might not know or be near a recycling center. Now, they've had more than 96% of manufacturers and 94% of carriers. So basically everybody. They already participate in the Mobile Muster Program. Now, what this does is help maintain these high collection rates and they create a network where they've set up centres so that 94% of the Australian population is within 10 kilometres of a drop-off site. So saying that there's no nothing near me, for 94% of you, that's BS. There is one there. That's not an excuse. Now, you'll also find them. You go to places like the post office, office works. There are a lot of places where you can just drop these old phones in a bin. You'll never see or hear from them again, but you're doing the right thing. You are getting it recycled. So that those those plastics and metals can maybe part be part of a new phone or a park bench or something else. So it repurposes that material, keeps it out of landfill, and everyone's feeling good about themselves. We need to do this. There is 99% of us that aren't doing it, only 1%. Can you believe it? One. Not as two, not three, 1% of Australians recycling their old mobile devices. So I think we've got some catching up to do. And if you're listening to this now thinking about all the mobile devices you got stacked up in a drawer, then shame on you. Get them out there. Go recycle them. If you want to find out more and even check online too where your nearest uh, your nearest Mobile Muster collection site is they do have that information on the website but you can read our story as well at techguide.com.au <laughs> It's a very mobile-heavy program or connection-heavy, let's say. The first topic was about broadband, but I also mentioned 5G. The second was about mobile recycling, mobile devices. Well, now we're talking about Telstra's speed and latency optimizer. Now, this is a little speed bump you can give yourself on the Telstra network if you are so inclined, if you want more speed at certain times of the day or – Lower latency because you're an avid gamer on the move, and there are a lot of you playing on the Telstra network. Then you could uh, you would benefit from these new the new mobile speed optimizer and the mobile latency optimizer. I'll talk about the mobile speed optimizer first because this is if you sign up to this and it's ten bucks per pack, by the way. So if you want the mobile speed optimizer, ten dollars a month. So, if there's faster than typical download speeds available to the network, uh, then you are able to do that. You're able to, that means if you need, if you are maybe downloading large files, you might want to hotspot multiple devices at a certain time of the day, you can benefit from those faster speeds to improve the experience. It might be work, you might be video streaming something, you want to do something on the go. Even during busy times, if there's headroom in the network, you're going to get the speed bump. If it's particularly busy time of day where 98% of the customers are on the network and doing everything together, if there's not the headroom available to you, then you're not going to get it. It's only available if there is room to give it to you. So they're not going to compromise. They're not going to put it this way. They're not going to make someone else's experience worse to make yours better. They're only going to make your experience better if it doesn't affect other customers. So their experience is the same. They, they, they don't want them to, to compromise another customer's experience if you understand that. And uh, and that's fair enough. Good, good on Telstra for making that little that little condition as well. There's also the mobile latency optimizer. Now, latency is the time it takes data to travel from one point to another. And anyone who's a gamer who... Uh, who Fancies themselves as a gamer knows exactly what latency is and how it's got to be lower. Lower latency means if you're playing online, that little split second where the data takes to get to upload and download, that's latency. That's what that can mean the difference between winning or losing. If you're if you're a mobile gamer and Telstra says there are half a million mobile gamers on their network that are constantly gaming on the go. That's a massive community of people that that game online. Uh, so they've just got to take their gaming with them so they're able to to pay that extra 10 bucks a month so that they can get that lower latency. Uh, so yeah, and as I said, any the half a million gamers use the Telstra network for gaming uh, and more than a third have significantly higher monthly data usage. So they're power users. Let's call them power users. Just as the people who download files need the speed optimizer, they're power users as well. So it's not like 90% of Telstra customers are going to want these products, these add-ons, but there is a select group of people who are willing to pay the price. 10 bucks a month each, I understand. So if you want the speed optimizer, 10 bucks extra. Latency optimizer, 10 bucks extra per month. So that's on top of your normal plan prices. Now customers can access a one-month free trial of either the speed optimizer and/or the latency optimizer before they're charged ten dollars a month. Uh, they can and and if they do uh, take up the speed optimizer and uh, being charged, they can opt out at any time, cancel any time. There's no contract. So if you maybe, you might need it, you, you might have something, an event or something you're doing coming up in the next month or so, you might think, yeah, it'd be handy to have that extra speed at my fingertips when we've got to upload those contracts or whatever When they you need to do. That's an option for you. Uh, and the latency optimizer, of course, if you're a, you want to enjoy a particular, you might have a break or you might have a week off or something, you might want to uh, take up the latency optimizer for that particular month as well. But it's there on the Telstra network, the mobile speed optimizer, mobile latency optimizer, and if you want to find out more, check it out techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. How much do you share online? Would you know? Would you know what to do if your devices were compromised by malware? or if your personal information was used without your knowledge. Australians have been exposed to the real threat of recent data breaches. This means it's crucial to help protect your devices, your privacy, and your personal information. Introducing Norton 360 Platinum. With device security, a VPN for online privacy, parental controls, and identity theft protection with dedicated restoration support and dark web monitoring, you have a comprehensive plan to put in place to help ensure your information stays private. It's peace of mind for your devices and your identity. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialists to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. Peace of mind with your identity starts right here. Norton Identity Advisor is available at Officeworks, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi and online at au.norton.com. And now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennec. It's a big one kicking off the the, uh, reviews this week. It's the 16-inch MacBook Pro with M3 Max. Talk about a laptop that you will never, ever, ever get to its full potential. Uh, I wrote the review on the, and I've been using this for a couple of weeks now, and I will not for one second pretend to be the sort of user who could get this laptop out of first gear. It would not break a sweat with my workload. and I'm mainly in Word, maybe doing some video editing, photo editing, uh, editing my website. I'm not your typical customer for this sort of product. This is breaking an egg with a sledgehammer if I had this. So it's way, way overpowered for my needs, but I do love using it because it's quite fast. The battery, le- the battery life is amazing, but there are the- this product isn't aimed at people like me. This product is aimed at professionals. We're talking creative professionals, coders, filmmakers, researchers. These people who are working with high-end applications churning through terabytes of data and rendering and doing all these things that that take quite a while, this is a game changer for them. Now, the model that we reviewed, we were loaned for review, the Apple 16-inch MacBook Pro, space black, by the way, I'll talk about that in a second, with M3 Max chip, 48 gig of unified memory. That's what they used to call RAM, random access memory. It's now called unified memory on uh, on Macs. Uh, and it had a terabyte SSD, solid state drive. And the new space black, i got to say, very, very impressive. Apple says it was created. They used a new type of chemistry to form an anodized seal around the the, the aluminum. And that's designed to repel fingerprints. Well, I got some news there. It does. It did a pretty good job doing that. Uh, there were definitely less fingerprints and marks on there, but it didn't eliminate them completely. A little wipe. I had to just give the give it a wipe occasionally. And the, and to its credit, the device uh, once you gave it a bit of a wipe that anodized material, uh, the marks disappeared pretty quickly. So were, I didn't even need to use, a, you know, you can buy spray, to cleaners for screens and stuff. Uh, it was a dry cloth I could clean it with, so not too bad. But the, the color is stunning. I really like it. I like the I like the dark color, space black. You can normally get space gray, silver. Uh, there are other colors in, in other models as well. I think there's starlight in the in the MacBook Air. But this is a real cool color, the space space black. Loved it. Now, the let's talk about the the whole the, the user of this laptop and the benefits of having such a powerful computer. Now, like I said, I'm not gonna this thing's not gonna break into a canter when I'm using it. But if you or someone you know, if your job is editing 4K or 8K video, so you could say you're multiple streams of 8k video, this can handle like 10 8k video streams. You can render 3D graphics as well. So if you're a designer, game developer, something that would normally take many minutes, like with let's say 20 minutes, is probably done in now half the time in a lot of cases. I'll talk about some specific applications and then the improvements. Even in Photoshop, I know if you, anyone using Photoshop, they, you normally have a massive raw file. So raw, we're talking it's like a 50 gig file and making little changes on a, on a, on a regular computer or an older computer. It can take a little while. Here, you'll be seeing those changes in an instant. And if you're going through, maybe you're a researcher or a coder, you're going through, you're coding or researching mountains of data uh, you might be a game developer where you're creating these, this amazing content, then this is the product for you. Now, I do know uh, Apple tells me that there are some tasks in the professional world where they are so intensive that they can only be performed on a desktop computer that's plugged into a wall. So it needs enough not only computing power but just power in itself to be able to run these applications and perform these calculations and things that has to be done, desktop bound, plugged into power. Well, with the MacBook Pro, with M3 Max, and M3 Max, by the way, is the top of the line M3 chip. There's M3, there's M3 Pro, M3 Max. M3 Max is the duck's guts of of M3 chips. This is the A grade of chips. Now, with this sort of power, those tasks where people were chained to a desk, they can now do them not only anywhere, but also running on battery power. That's the significance of this of this upgrade. Now, Apple, with their development of their, their M3 chips, uh, they've really, really made some groundbreaking progress. Now, I'll talk pricing in a second, but in terms of the of what Apple has achieved here. Now, any, you talk to any chip maker, Intel, any AMD, any chip maker will tell you now the holy grail of computing is power, performance, and, and power efficiency. Normally, it's like those puzzles, you can only pick two of the three. Now, in, in, in the computing world, power and performance – creates heat which 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 burns through the battery so it's very hard to achieve all three well I've got news for you Apple's done it with the M3 family of silicon so when it comes to now the pricing so the the the, the computer the the MacBook Pro that I was loaned had the 48 gig uh unified memory terabyte terabyte uh drive, SSD drive it was, I think, it had forty core GPU. It was the sixteen inch screen. That the computer that I reviewed is six thousand eight hundred and ninety nine dollars. So you do, you get what you pay for. It is expensive, but I'll tell you now, there'll be users who will say, "Shut up and take my money right now," because that's a game changer that's going to change how i do my work my workflow is faster and better and more efficient and it's got a battery life of 22 hours which is unheard of on top if it was if the performance wasn't so so good and you got 22 hours of battery life that's still an amazing thing but the fact that the performance is top shelf power top shelf everything top shelf and top shelf battery life then that's a unicorn it's a rarity and apples come up with it they've got the 14-inch model and the 16-inch model that you both you can be specced up with m3 max uh, so the choice is there for you but there is also other the, the 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 improvements of the processor they've also improved the efficiency not only of the power but of the processing itself the comp- actual computing itself so on board they've got a new technology called good dynamic caching So how I've described this in my review, it's like a high-tech traffic cop that designates the resources of the computer to the applications and tasks that require them in real time but with better efficiency. So you're not maxing out – one application is not maxing out your processing power and denying the rest. It's able to evenly distribute it uh, in in a dynamic way. That's why it's called dynamic caching. What they've also come up with too is uh, these hardware accelerated rendering features. So you've got mesh shading, ray tracing. These are features that filmmakers and game developers can can now use to create more realistic light and shadows in their projects. And not only that, because you can use it to create those things, you can also use this computer to enjoy those features in games as well. So if you're playing a game that used mesh shading, ray tracing you're going to see an incredible difference in those games as well. Now, I told you about some performance improvements in certain applications like Redshift, Affinity Photo, DaVinci Resolve. With the new M3 MacBook Pro, you can get a 5.3x improvement for faster rendering with Redshift than, than compared to the MacBook Pro with Intel Core i9 if your image processing in affinity photo 3.6 times faster uh, and noise reduction performance in davinci resolve is 2.7 times faster now that might not sound much to you but a, if something is done even 2.7 times faster if this is your job that you do that these tasks you're performing for every day then that's significant So 5.3X with Redshift, 3.6 with Affinity Photo, DaVinci Resolve 2.7. And and there are improvements too for Photoshop, Premiere Pro, all all these other, like Final Cut Pro, all these editing and high-end applications, and no, no doubt the countless other applications used in coding and researching and data processing and 3D rendering, they all have an improvement as well. Now, the screen, uh, it's actually a 6.2-inch screen, Liquid Retina XDR, resolution of 3,456 by 2234. That's 7.7 million pixels. Has 1,600 nits of peak brightness, and that's courtesy of 10,200 mini-LEDs which provide 2,554 local dimming zones on a 16-inch screen. You don't get that many So on some televisions. Some 75-inch TVs don't have that many dimming zones. But that's what Apple, Apple's gone to the trouble. Apple has, got, has delivered. And it also sounds great too. It's got a six-speaker sound system with four force-cancelling woofers, two tweeters, so you're getting spatial audio with your music, Dolby Atmos with your movies, uh, I use it on my travels. I was traveling, uh, I went to China and a couple other places. The 16-inch MacBook Pro was not only my work device, but I watched movies through it and the experience was awesome. I remember watching movies on it in my hotel room. Uh, it was fantastic. I also used it for my Sky News Cross from China as well. And that took advantage of the 1080p FaceTime HD camera, which is which automatically optimizes the quality through the camera in real time. So contrast, lighting, it does improve it uh, in real time. So you're going to be looking your best. It's also got Wi-Fi 6E compatibility as well. Connectivity-wise, there are three Thunderbolt 4 ports, two on the left, one on the right. Uh, it has a HDMI port as well. There is a, uh, is, you can connect a TV, like you connect the TV straight to the HDMI, uh, to a HDMI port on the television. You don't need an adapter or a monitor if you want to do that as well. You can have full native resolution on the included display, four external displays. So three, With 6K resolution over Thunderbolt, one external display, 4K display over HDMI. You can connect four monitors to this computer. Now, it's available now. Starts at $5,999. That's a 16-inch model. The 14-inch MacBook Pro with M3 Max is $5,599. For an extra $400, I'd get the 16-inch. But you know what? Not everyone wants a big screen. They want something maybe slightly lighter, slightly smaller. That's your choice. But anyway, Apple's come up with a game changer here. This is a standout, the MacBook Pro with M3 Macs. Uh, it is remarkable what it can do. And if you're the right type of user, this is an investment for you. You'll be you'll be running out to get this because if you're working on a computer that's, say, two or three years old, a lot of the comparisons for speed improvements were done on MacBook Pros that were running the old Intel chips, so Intel i9. That's That's now three years old. So, it would be if you maybe, even if you're on an M1, which is two and a half years old, you might be thinking it might be time to upgrade. That is it, the MacBook Pro 16 inch with M3 Max, a, a total powerhouse. So if you want to read our complete review, check it out techguide.com.au. Well, next up, we're talking about the journey. Nexa, N-E-X-A, Nexa Laptop Sleeve. Now, I have reviewed a Journey product in the past. It was a desktop mat and it had the wireless chargers on the side. Well, the Journey Nexa laptop uh, has a lot of the same DNA, let's just say, as that desktop mat. Uh, so not only is it a desktop sl- a laptop sleeve, so you put your laptop inside it, protects it, but it's also a little workstation as well. And you're thinking, Steve, how the hell can a laptop sleeve be a workstation? Allow me to explain. It can. It's not only a laptop sleeve. It's made of vegan leather, so it can also be used as a mouse pad. So uh, that that in itself. So you have your laptop on the desk. Put the little put the the sleeve next to you. I'm a right hander, so to be on the right hand side. And it's, it has a nice smooth surface that that's that mouse that mice love the 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 computer mouse loves. So you're able to do that. So you get and I always use a mouse with my laptop too. I very rarely use the trackpad. I, I prefer to have the mouse going. I always carry that around with the laptop. So that's that. This is a, this good use for me. Uh, and as I said, vegan leather on the outside, soft quilted interior, so it protects your laptop as well, of course. And it's available in two sizes, one to fit a 13 and 14 inch and another to fit a 15 and 16 inch. Two colors, black, dove gray are the two colors, black and dove gray. And they're the same price too, by the way. I'll tell you that later. The same price for the 13 and 14 inch model uh, version and the 15 and 16 inch, same price. So if you've got a bigger laptop, you're getting it at the same price as the smaller, the smaller laptop uh, sleeves as well. Now, not only is this a mouse pad, but on the inside of the flap is a wireless charging station. So all you need to do is connect a USB-C cable to power. Connect that to the to the charging pad. So there is space there to to charge a smartphone and your earbuds case. So if you're using the iPhone and AirPods, naturally they'll work. But other smartphones will be charged wirelessly. Other earphone brands can also be charged wirelessly. Some, not all, but they there is the capability there. If if you do have compatible earphones and phones, you can also be charging away at the same time. So this is the let's see the the, the charging panel uh, sits on the inside of the flap. So when when you so when when the laptop's inside it, you pull the flap over. It attaches magnetically, so you it's safe and secure in there. Uh, but then, when you open it up, you can use the the outside uh, as the as the mouse pad, and then you have got that on the on to the right of that. Well, you might be a lefty; you might be on your left hand side. But on the outside of that, you've also got that charging pad. But you need power. It doesn't. It's not. Doesn't have a battery inside. I think having a battery in that charging pad would have added weight and 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 price as well. I think it would have would have made it a lot heavier and a lot more expensive. So what you need to do is the same thing you use to charge your iPhone, the iPhone 15 or an Android phone, you plug that into the charging pad and then into a PowerPoint if you happen to have one nearby and then you'll be able to charge your devices at the same time. Let's talk price. The Journey Nexa 4-in-1 laptop sleeve with wireless charging is $129.95. And as I said, same price for the 1314 sleeve as the 15, 16-inch sleeve. This is to fit those size laptops in there. So Journey, great job with with this. It's a multifunctional laptop laptop protector, laptop sleeve, and uh, keeps everything else charged, keeps your mouse on a smooth surface. Uh, You can even put your computer on there if you're using the trackpad. So say you're not a mouse person, you put the computer on the actual case, the sleeve, and then you still have to your immediate right or left, the charging pad. So in my case, I'd have the sleeve, so it's my mouse pad, and then f- to the right of that would have the charging pads. But if you're a trackpad user, just put the laptop on the sleeve, and then you've got your phone and your earphones charging up uh, happily beside you. So $129.95, the Journey Nixa 4-in-1 laptop sleeve. If you want to check it out for yourself, techguide.com.au. <laughs> Next up, we're talking the Sound Slayer wearable speaker, wearable gaming speaker. You can also use it for music too, but it is designed for gaming. It's designed to be worn around your neck comfortably. So it's ergonomically designed and give you all the audio. You can still chat. There's a microphone in it. All the stuff you'd normally get through your gaming headphones can all now come through the Sound Slayer wearable speaker. Now, it's lightweight speaker worn around your neck, and it puts four 38 millimeter speakers right below your ears to give you added realism and immerse you further into the game. You can, uh, if you attach a cable, uh, a, a, a wireless connection, if you've got the transmitter, connect that to your PC via USB, or, and you're able to then have a wireless connection to the speaker. So you're not getting tangled in cables. I think the previous model had a cable connection. It works with Windows 10 and 11 PCs, PS4, PS5 consoles, and the Nintendo Switch when it's in TV mode. So that's where it can, it can, it can uh, be used with, where what gaming consoles and computers. Now, the speaker, compared to last year's model, remember we spoke about this last year, about April, May last year. Now, this new model is actually has 60% larger housing than the previous version but also brings improved audio, more powerful bass, so the sound quality is impressive. And it's all and it's as I said an alternative to wearing headphones because if you're a, if you're an avid gamer, you're probably going to be playing for several hours. And if you're wearing headphones, you could potentially have a bit of uh, a little bit of pain around your ears top of your head because you've got these these high tension headphones on your head but with the the sound slab because it's placed comfortably around your neck it does take a lot of that pressure off your ears and the top of your head now it is designed to be worn for hours and Panasonic actually did a lot of work on the ergonomics so they created a housing that avoids contact with your collarbone and places no no pressure on your trapezius muscles you know those muscles at the top of your on either side of your neck so, the, what a, so it's resting not on those areas. So the result is a lightweight fit. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a right up there in terms of quality. It's got wireless technology, can transmit six-channel audio signals on a dedicated 2.4 gigahertz band, latency below 20 milliseconds as well because you've got to stay competitive. You need to be hearing stuff as they happen, and that's what you're able to do. Microphones also on both sides of the speaker, to make sure you're clearly heard. No matter what, you might turn your head or be looking to the side, the microphone's gonna pick you up. So all your co-players, your fellow players are gonna hear, is your voice loud and clear? Also has noise cancellation too. So eliminates the ambient noise around you so that it focuses in on your voice. If you're a gamer, this is worth looking at. It's not out till mid-December. We've got pictures of it on Tech Guide. It is price, It is more expensive than the previous model. It's $449, but when you consider what you're getting and high-end headphones, gaming headphones are around that price, if not more expensive. So you are getting the similar quality at a similar price. It just has a different form factor. The GNW10, that's the actual model number, GNW10 Sound Slayer, available in mid-December. You can buy it through Amazon and it's going to be 449 bucks. If you want to take a closer look, check it out for yourself, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you each and every week by our good friends at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. And they sell a lot of stuff. Cables, screen protectors, charging stands, three-in-one chargers, USB hubs, noise-cancelling earphones. You name it, Belkin have got it. Check them out, belkin.com forward slash au. Now, I returned from China about a week and a half ago, and I've had a couple of people saying, uh, they heard I was there, and they're traveling themselves uh, in the next few months. And they had some questions about roaming, roaming in China. Now I am a Vodafone customer, so I was able to roam because what I, I flew into Hong Kong, then crossed the border, Shenzhen's just across the border from Hong Kong. So that's the best way, quickest way to get there. And so when I landed in Hong Kong, it says, you're in Hong Kong, $5 a day roaming, good for you. Then when I crossed the border, it said, you're in China, $5 a day roaming, good for you. Uh, And so I was able to connect my calls, uh, text messages, and even surf the internet using my data uh, so that I could still be connected. Now, the people, it's, it's... Common knowledge that uh, China, a communist country, so if you're connected, say, through the hotel Wi-Fi uh, and you try to access Facebook and Google and other sites, won't happen. They don't allow the access to those sites if you're connected in uh, through Wi-Fi anywhere in China because the Wi-Fi is in China. But if you're roaming, you're actually roaming. It's not like you're connecting from Australia. So what I found is that whenever I was on my phone, Just roaming, even though I was roaming on a Chinese network, it was still going back to Australia and bypassing the restrictions. And I didn't even need to use a VPN. VPN, virtual private network, a feature of VPN, is not only giving you privacy on the internet, but also changing your supposed location. I didn't even need a VPN to be able to access Facebook and Instagram and all those other sites that I needed. And so when I needed to work on my laptop and update my site and look at stuff on my laptop to avoid any kind of restriction, I hotspotted my iPhone. I had the iPhone 15 Pro Max and I hotspotted it to my MacBook, my 16-inch MacBook Pro that I discussed earlier. And I was able to perform, to do anything I wanted as if I was in Australia. And I know a lot of people have contacted me worried that they're not going to be able to uh, roam you will be able to roam, and and if as long as, if you're on Wi-Fi, say if you've got your phone connected to Wi-Fi in China, you're not going to connect to anything. It's not going to let you look at Facebook, Instagram, all those all those other sites, and many others. But if you're just roaming on the network, not using Wi-Fi, you're good because it's sort of going back to Australia. And if you want to connect a device, like in my case, my laptop, my phone, and luckily with my Vodafone $5 a day roaming, I was able to use all the data at my disposal on my plan. So if I was an Optus customer or a Telstra customer, I would pay my daily fee, but there's a limit. I think Telstra limits you to one gigabyte a day for that. If I needed two gigabytes, I have to pay the fee again, which is just, I would have spent a lot of money because I was using a lot of data because I was doing all of my work through the phone being used as a hotspot. So that's a big tick for Vodafone here, really really I'll be honest, that's probably the only reason I'm with Vodafone is for that $5 a day roaming. The amount of travel I'm doing, that is the the number one feature for me to be able to travel and connect effortlessly what would you know, in in many of the countries that I travel to, trap for young players though, Vodafone roaming doesn't apply in uh in the Middle East. So like you go to Dubai, you might go to Jordan, you might go to these other countries, Doha you that there's no roaming agreements there. I made the mistake of of flying through Dubai, assuming that my Vodafone will cover it. Updated my website, sent emails, received emails. I got back on the plane and I'd spent three hundred bucks in data. And I'm thinking, wow, uh, well, that won't happen again. But uh, yeah, so be very wary if you're roaming in that part of the world, uh, you're not covered. So what I did like, most recent time I traveled through Dubai is I kept my phone on airplane mode and just used the airport Wi-Fi, which is pretty good in Dubai, uh, at Dubai airport. But in terms of traveling to China, uh, the other thing to watch out for is the is how to pay for things. Now, a lot of people uh, may have heard of WeChat. WeChat is everything for China, P- people use it to pay, to communicate. You can you can set up an account and link a credit card. Uh, I would, I tried to do that, but it wouldn't let me. It wouldn't let me do it. I, I couldn't finalize the account. I couldn't get to the point where the account was set up and I could log into it. I don't know why, but luckily I found a couple of places that accepted credit cards. A lot of places, including Seven Eleven, don't accept credit cards. They only accept WeChat. So you got to pay through your phone. Uh, and I found one Starbucks that had that had a credit card payment system, and guess what? That was the Starbucks I went to every day. But other times, I, I just was we ordered room service through the hotel, uh, and that was just charged to my credit card. But yeah, so roaming, yes, do it in China. It is very helpful if you are roaming. Uh, you can access the internet as you normally would in Australia, uh, and yeah, if you can set up WeChat. That would be the good good to know too. Also, learn learn some some Chinese. Ni uh, Hao, which means hello, and xie which means thank you. There's a couple to get you started. That is the full-time siren. That is the end of our show for this week. And anything we've spoken about, if you need to find out any more, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And please feel free to get in touch. Our email address is info at techguide.com.au. What's even easier is to click on that Ask Stephen icon uh, right near the Belkin logo. That can uh, open up a form and that becomes an email in my inbox as well. We want to give a special thanks to our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Please support the great sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.